0: In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. It is exciting to be back with you. We are a two-man show. After Daryl took the show on the road to West Virginia, and, man, he gave us some great interviews uh, while he was in West Virginia. And uh, it was great to hear all your stuff. Excellent job. Uh, while you were on the road, Daryl, but now we are back to the nitty gritty, especially as we head into well past game zero and head into game one against Washington.
1: Yeah, uh, let's hope the Browns don't make that trip again next year. <laughs> it really is in the middle of the nowhere down there at the Greenbrier. Uh Not my the architecture is beautiful, but just kind of not my thing. The bunker was really, really cool. That was like going back into a time capsule seeing that. But and the food uh, at night outstanding but the really? it, yeah no the, the the practices uh I struggled to stay awake during because they didn't do a lot um they're still not doing a lot in practices uh you know th- this is the the longest training camp lead up to a season ever seven weeks of practice um so uh this week against Washington probably going to see the starters for a little bit not sure just how much we'll find out later in the week but uh good to be back with you uh, my back hurts from carrying the show for a couple of weeks. and uh, I know.
0: You look a lot stronger, though, I can tell you. I, You know what you look like? You look like Captain America when he was skinny, and then all of a sudden he got all the electricity through him. And the <laughs> next thing you know, he's chasing down bad guys through the streets of Brooklyn. So congratulations on your uh, transformation, Captain. Captain I mean, Browns running, is what I'll call running you now.
1: Running down Red Skull.
0: Well done. Well done. Only to have him come back in Endgame. Was it Endgame or was it the one before Endgame?
1: I think it was Endgame. I think. Yeah, remember because
0: he had to push. Okay, yeah. So anyhow, uh, let's go. And uh, there's a, a lot of things I want to talk to you about. Now, you you did talk about practice there for a second, and going to Greenbrier. And it, it, do you just think this is just the the tortoise pace that they need for preseason to make sure everyone stays healthy and to space it out so there are no issues?
1: Yeah, I I, I mean that's pretty much what they're doing. Uh, we we have not had one of those quintessential full go in pad practices yet um you know we've had some competitive periods in seven on seven and 11 on 11 um and there have been highlights in those periods but yeah i mean there there has there hasn't been a lot of sizzle to this training camp and that's intentional that that's intentional by kevin stefanski and his coaching staff because again it's just forever until they play a regular season game we still have three more preseason games to go and then, even after that, Andy, it's like another two weeks right right
0: <laughs> September For ten days isn't it after that I
1: mean they started july twenty second and it the season begins September ten I mean it's just it's an incredibly long time, so yeah, uh you know, the practices have been around ninety minutes long uh again, uh not trying to wear these guys out because it is look. The goal is to play into January, like deep into January. I know, I know the schedule takes them into January, but like the, the goal is to play deep into January. So you don't want to be burning these guys out in training camp with all these intense drills. Um, it it has basically been about technique and fundamentals and fits and making sure you're where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there working on chemistry, those type of things, um, you know, but, yeah, it's we still have a long, long way to go before the regular season. And 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 I'm not criticizing the way Kevin Stefanski is running the camp, but it's just, you know, just to give you know fans an honest assessment of, of what it is. I mean, the practices are not riveting. Not I mean, Monday, we we're in the rain like Kevin Stefanski. It was pouring rain. He held his press conference in the middle of the pouring rain um, practice. It, it rained for, I'd say, 75 percent of the practice. Uh, sometimes heavy, sometimes light. You know, and then they'd let up and maybe spit a little bit. But, um, yeah. It, it, and and his answer to that was, "Hey, you got to got to prepare to play in conditions and and things like that." So, um, I I don't have an issue with the way Kevin Stefanski's running this camp. I have an issue with the length of the camp, and that's not Stefanski's fault. That's the National Football League's fault.
0: All right, let's go back to the Hall of Fame game on Thursday against the Jets and. You know, the big hero in that game is uh DTR, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. I mean, he, he's he got fans very excited about his possibility for the future, but it's a long way. You want to talk about the season being a long way off. His career with the Browns, having the opportunity to see meaningful playing time during the regular season also seems like it's a long way off as well. Um, What did you get out of the game, Daryl? And um, I um really, it was hard for me to assess some of the things just because you knew. And as much as I was, really enjoying watching DTR play in the back of my mind. I'm like, yeah, those are guys that are going to get cut. (laughs) These are guys that are going to be bagging groceries in three weeks, right? On the other side. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Look, uh, the the goal is for DTR to ultimately be the backup quarterback uh, next season. Right. Right. Um, And then ultimately if you're able to resign Deshaun Watson because he's playing well and he wants to be here, et cetera, et cetera, then you're going to flip DTR for a draft pick at some point. Um, and mm. then that, because that's what Bill Belichick, then you draft and develop the, the next game. Right. Um, so there, there's that aspect of it. As far as out of the game, Dewan Jones, I mean, look, this is oh, a, yeah. the, like, he's struck And I'm not exaggerating. I certainly, I'm not trying to embarrass the, the young man or, or pick on him, but Andy in mini in rookie minicamp, he struggled to take a rep. Like it, it really was a it was an honest to goodness struggle for him to do a single rep in really? the NBA camp. So the fact that you go from that right in early May to the Hall of Fame game where he plays every snap, and not only does he play every snap, Andy, but he doesn't allow a single pressure. I think he got called, called for holding twice. That's gonna happen. Um, right. But you know, Bill Callahan, the <clears throat> offensive line coach, spoke on Monday, uh, was really really uh kind and 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 complimentary uh of uh you know obviously there's things he needs to work on but i I think he was
0: tremendous um so daryl what's really interesting about him is that and having watched him at ohio state in pretty much every start that he had made is that he looked gigantic at ohio state and then to watch him in the hall of fame game against nfl guys he still looked gigantic because yeah. <laughs> a lot of times you see these guys playing college and they kind of like, right. Oh, they look like freshmen. The minute they hit the uh, the field in the NFL, he does not. And, <clears throat> and the way he played, I, I was, I was impressed, especially because it was every snap in that game. And, you yeah. know, he's got a bright future, especially in a place where this team's going to need depth.
1: A hundred percent. And, and who's to say he doesn't work his way into a, a starting job as well um right so, yeah, really really impressed with him outside of that man I'm just glad that game's over uh you know in in DTR obviously DTR was good you know who else I'll give some love to Watkins uh you know caught the touchdown pass like he seems to he seems to pop a little bit in practice and then obviously seeing him uh catch that pass um but uh, outside of that yeah I just I'm just glad that game's over uh, Well, the other and, big
0: the the other storyline though, Daryl is is Cade York, right? I mean, and should should fans be panicking over a guy that missed his first kick of the season, which wasn't exactly a gimme, it hooked at the end. And the only thing that I would say about that whole situation is, don't panic at this point. But yeah. it doesn't bother me if they want to bring another kicker into camp. I don't know why that would be a big deal. I, I think they sh- if we have a repeat
1: this week against the Commanders, I think they need to bring in a kicker. Um, because this season is entirely too important, Andy, to have Cade York screw it up. Sorry, like I, I mean, he missed seven or eight field goals last year, and, I, and I'm not saying that he was to blame for them coming up short last year. But it was, it, it was, it was part and parcel to the bigger picture of you know contributing factors to that, right? Um, right. So yeah, if he struggles against the Commanders this week, I think they. Have to bring in another kicker, but the, what, what's interesting is is when they do run pressure simulated situations with him during practice, where they'll do their like two minute drill, hurry up offense thing, right? Rush the kicker onto the field, get set up with the clock running, kick the kick, and he's been really good in practice doing that stuff. And it's in team period; they're like it's not a skeleton drill, like it's you know eleven guys running on the field to 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 you know get that thing set up. So. um yeah, I, I will say one of the negative takeaways from that Hall of Fame game was, oh, my God, the special teams, woof, uh, not a good debut for Bubba Ventrone special teams. You know, but, again, these are guys that are on the back end of the roster fighting for jobs, so mistakes are going to be made. And
0: and let me also make this point, too, that when you get into these preseason games and you're using a lot of your young guys, right, college free agents, guys that were just drafted, most of those guys were top dog on their team in college and yeah. never sniffed special special teams. Yeah, a hundred percent. So, um, yeah, I,
1: I you know I, I'm interested to see how this Commanders game goes uh, uh, this weekend. Uh, again, I'm anticipating we'll see starters. Um, but I, I could not be more thrilled that the Hall of Fame game. Was, they got to do something with that thing. I, I saw, I just saw the numbers came out. And I guess it did well. It was one of the through the highest.
0: roof, better than the NBA playoffs.
1: Yeah. Um, and honestly it was a terrible freaking game. It really was. There was not a lot of energy other than them interviewing the, 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 you know, the new members of the class of 2023, uh, Aaron Rodgers. they had miles Garrett and Nick Chubb on the telecast. And neither one of those guys said anything of, you know, significance there. Aaron Rogers, I think was uh, the, the best interview. I went back and I, uh, re- Oh, it was great.
0: You know, it was great. Re-
1: the game. Um, but, yeah, not, not, a, not a lot to glean from that. I, I would really like to see, and I get it, and minute weekend is when it is, I would like to see the Hall of Fame game, though,
0: be the first game of the season. All right, Daryl, I think you are correct, and let's explain why when we return. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. If you like what you're listening to, well, subscribe to the podcast. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. All right, let's pick up the conversation where we left off about the Hall of Fame game itself. And Daryl, I think you're right. I think the Hall of Fame game should be in the first weekend of the season, the kickoff to the season. I also think now is the right time to implement that either now or before they get to 18 games. Why? Because everyone has to give up a home game once we get to this point. And if you're going to do that and have neutral site games, Why not just embed that in right away so there's no questions? You play your games in Europe, you play one game in Canton to start the weekend, whether it's the Thursday night lid lifter or it's Sunday night football or it's Monday night football, especially when they're going to play two games on Monday night football, you know? And so I think the opportunity is there. Daryl, as you saw in Canton, there is plenty of places to put temporary stands up that if they want to expand that stadium that is only 26,000 to maybe 50,000, I don't think they'd have any problem. And anyone that ever went to the shoe before South Stands was invented, uh, before the permanent South Stands were put in, they'll remember that those were all temporary seats too. Yep. It's not that hard. Go to a PGA event. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about.
1: Yeah, it, both end zones. There's plenty of room to put additional seating in, especially the end zone closest to Interstate 77, where there is no seating there. It's just a you know flat area. They threw for the Hall of Fame ceremonies and that. They just threw a bunch of tables in there. Uh, between the field uh, and the scoreboard, which is actually set back. I will say this though, that stadium, Tom Benson hall of fame stadium. It's a beautiful looking stadium, but it is a terribly designed stadium. Like you can't go from the press box to the service level without changing elevators. You had like, it's, it's a terribly designed stadium. Awful. But, That being said, which which is amazing because the money that it got, you know, to build that thing, you'd think that you you could put in a a couple of elevator shafts that go from the service level to the press box without having to, you know, do the, the, the switching elevator thing, get into the locker rooms was, it was not uh, a lot of fun. Um, But that, that being said, yeah, I, I I just, I think that that game needs to mean something because, and again, Again, this is not a criticism of Kevin Stefanski or even Salah or any other coach, right? It's the smart thing. You don't play your important players in that game. You don't want to risk it. But, you know, I, I just feel like uh, it's, it's, it's like a token event. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And, and 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 I think that it would be much better if it wasn't a token event.
0: That, I still think you hold the ceremonies when you hold the ceremonies. 100%. Like- before 100%. The preseason, yeah,
1: yeah, you 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 hold the Hall of you keep Hall of Fame weekend where it is, but then the Hall of Fame game is you know is played on the, the the Thursday night uh to kick off the season. Plain and simple, um, it's not it's not hard to figure this out, and and the NFL is building in. You alluded to this, Andy. The NFL is built building in neutral site games into the schedule as it is, so. Yeah, you can afford to have one game where there's maybe 40,000 people at it or whatever, and the fans would be more engaged. And also, you know what it does? It gives Canton, Ohio, two two tourist weekends instead of just enshrinement weekend, right? Now you give it a second weekend for the fans of whoever's playing in the Hall of Fame game to really come in and, you know, be in that stadium. So, um, Yeah. I think that that's something that I really, really wish the end. It's not going to happen. I I would be stunned if it ever happened, but I do wish that's something the league would consider.
0: So there are two other things I would say that if they did do it, they would uh, be wise to go Monday night and then just make sure that the Steelers and Browns aren't in Monday night football week one of the season. Right, because then you still know you've got an NFL fan base between the two cities that may send neutral fans to the game. There's a possibility on that. Yeah, too. I
1: mean, you you want it to be like Eagles versus Jaguars or something like you know what I'm saying? Like you 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 want
0: or Indy, you know Cleveland, what, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati? You know, somewhere no, you where you don't know don't want but,
1: regional fans in that game. You you right. want them? You know, you you want them coming in? Uh, you know, from across the country.
0: But it would it also could give the bronze or Steelers. A chance to almost have an extra home game too, if you wanted to do it that way too. I, I mean, just I'm just I'm kicking those ideas around just as we're as we're talking about it. Okay,
1: um and Steelers play
0: three times. You know, not against each other, just <laughs> knucklehead. <laughs> um, I had one more thought on on Hall of Fame, and now I can't. Um, let's talk about the Joe Thomas uh, induction. What would you think?
1: I, I loved it. I thought the speech was great. Um Friday night gave me chills all the Hall of Famers, although it, it was somewhat sad because the only two Cleveland Browns Hall of Famers that were there were Joe DeLamalur and Paul Warfield. But watching Joe walk the gauntlet of Hall of Famers, that's the first time I have ever witnessed that. And it it, it the hair stood up on the back of my neck. Uh, and then when he got out, got to the stage and Jerome Bettis put the jacket on him and his four children rushed the stage to hug him, I got real lucky blessed. It was not skill. I admit it, but I got the most beautiful picture ever of Joe Thomas hugging and, uh, kissing his, embracing his kids, uh, when they came up uh, onto the stage. Um, but yeah, I know he was
0: looking for that high five picture on the internet.
1: Yeah, it was, it was on social media. It was in, it really was a, a special weekend and, uh, I don't know. Should I tell the story how I ended up
0: two rows from the stage for his? Yeah, induction? but let me ask you one question first, because I was asked this a couple of times by Browns fans. Why Jerome Bennett? Why not? And why not Joe DeLon-Malore? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know.
1: I didn't get an opportunity to ask that question. Probably. OK,
0: we need to ask that question somewhere down the road. Yeah, OK, now tell me your tell me how you bum rush the stage. <laughs>
1: All right. So uh, I'm trying to figure out how can I get some cool pictures and video of of the, you know, his induction and where they had us set up like my iPhone, just, it wasn't going to work. Right. So I noticed that a lot of those seats down by the stage had cleared out. So I basically waited for the two security guys guarding that section to turn their back. And I snuck right in, (laughs) I snuck right in and I got, I got to sit in the second row right in front of where Joe was talking Uh, Where the podium was, by the way. uh, Shout out Chris Berman for being a D, uh, having to talk about how the Browns lost when uh, Joe Thomas uh, was there. You didn't have to do that. Uh, This isn't Sports Center.
0: These are things we already know, bro. Uh, Wait, hey, I I missed all that. Tell me about that. I I don't. Yeah, he
1: just. Yeah, I mean, his intro to Joe Thomas was, you know, the 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 premise was the Browns sucked, but Joe was so good he's in the Hall of Fame as a first, you know, ballot Hall of Famer type thing. Who wrote Uh, that?
0: I wonder. Him. Yeah.
1: It, I I don't know. So, um, yeah, it, it, so it was great. So I, I, I sneak in and then he gives his speech. I filmed the whole speech on my phone, whatever. And then like, I started seeing the clips on, I'm like, I'm not going to post my video because the video online is like a billion times better than whatever I'm going to chop up. But I saved it for posterity. And then I also got, got some, you know, some, some pretty cool pictures and whatnot. Um, but so then he's done and, First guy I bump into is Phil Savage, who gives me a big bear hug because he hadn't seen me in forever. Oh, that's and, cool. And the last time I had talked to him was right after Joe's retirement when I uh, you know, spoke to him about Joe, and yeah. I ended up writing like 2,000 words uh, on him. Uh, so I got to visit with him, which was really, really nice. Bumped into John Greco, uh, uh, Jason Wright, who's the president of the Washington Commanders. He was uh, a Browns third down running back here. Uh, for a couple of years, I got to visit with him a little bit and it was funny. So I'm walking by and we both like, we, we lock eyes, right? And we both have this, I know you, but I don't know you type of look on our faces. Right. I'm like, and I see the Washington commander's pin and I go, that's the commander's president. And I'm like, I'm just like, my brain is seizing up at the, at the moment. Right. And you're looking at depth me, Right. Yeah. And he goes, Hey bro, how do I know you? And I said, Jason you uh, were with the Browns the first year that I covered the team full-time. He goes, that's right. You're Daryl, aren't you? I go, Oh, that's great. I was like, yeah, that's me. And so it was really, really cool. Uh, so I got him. I said, Hey, can I get you real quick? I know you're, you know, commander's president and everything. Can I get a comment from you on Joe? He goes, yeah, absolutely. So I get him. Then I start and I, I'm just like, my head is on a swivel, right? I'm trying to get right. Him find every former Brown I can find. Right. I see Alex Mack. Then the security dude comes up and is like, y'all got to go. We, we got the concert. We got to get everybody out of here, whatever. I'm like, I just need five more minutes. Right. To, to chase down a couple other guys. I bumped into Andrew Hawkins. So I talked to him uh, as well. Um, There were just so many former Browns that came in uh, to, you know, for Joe uh, over the weekend um so it, it was great at least seeing their faces and it just sucked that the security guy kicked me out before i could talk to more of them
0: it's all right so you snuck into the first row this is the last question for this segment uh you snuck into the first second row to get pictures did you sneak into the after parties um no because here's so here's
1: my take on that um is i wasn't invited So I didn't want to disrespect Joe by trying to mooch my way in or whatever. Right. It's it's because my tenants in life and it applies to my personal life too. It's like, if you don't want me in your life, you don't want me in your life. If I'm not invited, I'm not invited. I'm not going to beg to be invited to something or, you know, whatever. Um, and, And it is my understanding that there were people that did beg to get into Joe Thomas's party. So. Um, I I was not going to be one of those because I just felt that was disrespectful to Joe and his family. He had the folks that meant the most to him at that party, and God bless him. I don't take it personally. It's all good. I love Joe. It, you know, but yeah, I, that's just one of my things. Like I don't go where I am not invited or not wanted.
0: You know what I'm so saying? So you didn't sneak in any of the parties. I hear you. Uh, I, I, hear I didn't. You. That's okay. To- good for you, Daryl. Though I appreciate. I, it. I that's why I respect you because of your ethics.
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, I. I just, you know, jumped in my car at about six o'clock and drove home from Canton for about the twelfth time. And if I never have oh. to through Akron, Ohio, ever again, it won't be a moment too soon.
0: It'll be here before you know it. It's always game day in Cleveland. Oh, we have so much more to talk about, especially the injury bug that hit the Browns uh, this week. So we'll get into that next. It's always game day in Cleveland. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Thanks for listening on the Odyssey app. And uh, if you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast. We love having you on board. If you want to be a part of the show, you can always hit us up on social media or X now rather than Twitter um, uh, at Cle and Instagram as well, too. So we like having you on board. All right, Darrell, let's, uh, let's talk about some bad news that happened earlier in the week where uh, the Browns find themselves... A little bit short on linemen um, with Alex Wright and Isaiah Thomas getting hurt on that defensive line.
1: Yeah, so uh, they're they're down some bodies right now, and neither one of those guys are going to be available for week, it looks like, for week one. Um, so they went ahead and they brought in uh, defensive end Charles Wiley uh, on Monday morning. Um, also Chucky. tight. Yeah, I mean, you know, tight end Harrison Bryant is uh, still sidelined with some sort of a medical condition that uh, Kevin Stefanski didn't want to really talk about. Greg Newsom is still banged up with a hamstring injury. We obviously know the situation with Marquise Goodwin. Uh, they, they've lost two more players to injury uh, on during Monday's practice. Uh, Drew Forbes was carted off the field with a back injury. Um, not sure how he sustained it or how severe it is and then uh Jerome Ford this is pretty important because he's right now he's penciled in as the number 2 running back he suffered an injury to his right leg he hobbled off the field it could be a hamstring could be an ankle uh, he did walk with a trainer all the way back in, into the uh into the facility but yeah those are certainly uh some injuries that uh you got to you know pay attention to going forward
0: i know Kareem Hunt was in your city of new orleans there for a little bit any chance that if that injury is bad enough they try to bring him back
1: no, I I I think that that ship has sailed us. If you listen to what Stump Mitchell had to say on Sunday, mm-hmm. um, where he just basically said, "I want to talk about the guys that are here, number one," and then number two, he was asked about Kareem's prospects, and he goes, "I'm not going to speak for how people evaluate their film."
0: Gotcha. And mm-hmm.
1: and also too, I you know I yeah I I don't see Kareem Hunt coming back here. I just I don't.
0: I'm just saying, if they've needed another running back, that's why I think I think fans—that's the first thing they would think about uh, in that situation. But if it doesn't sound like it's going to work, it would never work. Let me, let me ask you about the other big question. I think that's kind of trickled through camp, and it sounds like things seem a lot more. I'm trying to think of the right way to put this, see things seem more stable, calm, easier on defense because of Jim Schwartz. Are those adjectives correct?
1: Yeah, I think that's fair to say hundred percent. I would agree with that.
0: Okay. I'm just, I I, I mean, can you see a difference in the defense or is it just, we haven't seen a whole lot, so you really can't tell.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, we, we're not going to see it until it's in action, but I mean, it does, it does feel like it's more organized guys are not as confused and things like that. So, um, yeah, I, I, I would, I would agree that, um, that things on that side of the ball are, you know, going to be stable and you know whatever.
0: Gerald, do you think I, this is the week we see Deshaun Watson? I know you touched on it a little bit earlier, but because of Philadelphia, because they'll be taking reps during practice and probably won't see him in the game, and then would you use him in the third preseason game? That's the next question. He's not. And, can, and let's face it, he's a little bit rusty. Yeah. What do you say?
1: They're not playing him in the third preseason game because they're no,
0: no way. So is this the week we see Deshaun Watson?
1: Yeah, I I think so. I I mean, if I think you have to,
0: so yeah, I do think it,
1: this is the week we see Deshaun. I I don't think they have a choice. They they have to play the starters in this game. I don't know how long a quarter, but you, you got to get them on the field. Hundred uh, percent.
0: How do you feel about that? I mean, we're just talking about a ton of injuries. Well, you know, we're seeing all these. You got to get them in there somewhere. You, you got to get. Them would you more. rather do that in the controlled atmosphere? Because when those, you know, when the bullets start flying week one against Cincinnati, um it's not Camp Cupcake.
1: Yeah, I know. But I mean, it's just saying, like, you, you got to get him out there. So, I mean, you have to play him. You can't just not play him, uh, especially coming off of, uh, you know, the struggles that he had in the six games that he played last season. So uh, I would at minimum one quarter, which to me is two offensive series and. Those series need to be about twelve to fifteen plays total. You know, I mean, like he needs to play, you know, twelve to fifteen snaps total, just to just to get you know just to get it going a little bit, and then you get him out of there, you protect him. But yeah, I mean, you can't live in your fears. I, I, you certainly can't do that. Next week, Not gonna play against Philadelphia again. You got the control practices, and then the following week against Kansas City. I don't know what you do in that in that case because you're looking at possibly a full month right between the Commanders game and uh, the season opener. So. You know that becomes an interesting dynamic for uh Kevin Stefanski to consider. So, um I would I would play him Friday night. I'm confident the Browns will do just that. I just don't know how for how long.
0: There, and there's also no way you put him out there without his starting offensive line, oh, although Jack Hopkins, I mean, yeah, 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 right?
1: All, yeah, starters on both sides of the ball, offense and defense starters play.
0: Yes. Including Jack Hopkins, I don't know that I'm putting him out there. He might be the one guy where you talk about Jones Maybe that's the oh,
1: show. Okay, idea. so here's the guys that I think that are hundred percent in bubble rap. Miles Garrett, Zadarius Smith, Denzel Ward, and Jack Conklin. And Joel Batonio. I don't think you need to play Joel at all. I would, those are the five guys I'd I'd have them in bubble wrap. They don't need to play. But I do think Deshaun needs to play because you, you gotta you gotta get some live, you gotta get some live reps
0: here. You know what I'm saying? Like Well, so I think what's interesting about this, though, Daryl, is, is that, you know, like one of the problems this team had last year was the the synchronicity between Deshaun Watson and that offensive line. And so while I sit here on one side of my mouth and say, you know, hey, there's no reason to play Joel Batonio. There's no reason to play Jack Conklin. There is a reason to play him because you need these guys to be on the same page.
1: Yeah, but I'm not worried about
0: Joel Batonio or, or Jack Conklin to be
1: on the same page because they're good enough players.
0: To Yeah, but I'm worried about a protecting my quarterback and b creating that rhythm, which I think you can do in practice, but
1: yeah. Um, but I, I still, I still think that those are like the five guys that it, don't be shocked if you don't see them in the preseason, but yeah, you, you got to roll Deshaun out there. You got to get him some live game reps um, and, and, and really allow him to get you get, get that clock between his ears, the speed of the game and things like that. Right. Because let's be honest about it. Uh, that wasn't there uh, for the six games. Like that clock was off. So it's it's important that he gets some preseason snaps. And again, to me, the more interesting conversation is do you do it for the fourth preseason game against Kansas City? Conventional wisdom says hell no. No way under no circumstances. But because the Brown circumstances being what they are, you know, maybe it is something that Kevin Stefanski has to consider.
0: All right, one last topic that I want to I want to touch on too are the fans because this was a big weekend for the fans. Um, training camp has been open to the fans. Um, you, you know, your assessment of, of the fans, the fans especially in the game, the ceremony for Joe Thomas and how things have been at camp. So just kind of take me inside that because I don't know that everyone's had a chance to understand, I, you know, what this has been like for the fans.
1: I honestly don't pay attention to the fans when I'm at practice. I'm just I'm keeping it real.
0: Was it a good crowd on Thursday night? Yeah, or were they I mean, cheering. Yeah. Were they because some of that stuff doesn't come through on TV.
1: Monday, Mon Well, yeah. I mean Thursday. Yeah, okay. Um, it felt the enshrinement ceremony felt like you know once their guys got inducted, people left. Um, and then you know Monday's training camp atmosphere was was pretty lousy because it was raining. So. <laughs> Uh, you know, they they had good crowds in Berea on Thursday, and they had a good crowd uh on Sunday in Berea, um, but yeah, I mean,
0: they're there, they got stuff. All right, so then then I lied. Uh, this is the last question. Ready? I just don't. He I was, just don't
1: pay. I, I. I'm more focused on what's going on. I on, know,
0: but Daryl, you and I have been out there enough to know if, like, wow, this I is mean, a really good crowd. Say,
1: you know, Miles Garrett went over one time and riled up crowds. Darius did it a little bit. We've seen guys that will run over and they'll you know do the you know try and get the crowd out or whatever. But yeah, I mean, um, I. I let's put this, I wouldn't say it's a raucous atmosphere out there. How about that?
0: Like fair enough. Well, that's okay it, because it's, there's it's expectations relaxed. for this team. I don't it, have no problem with it's that. It's relaxed. All right. So here's my last question for you. Uh it was scheduled on Monday to be superhero day. They had to postpone that. That was what training camp was supposed to be. That was the thing. I didn't see anything. I didn't I yeah, didn't. well no, they canceled it. They canceled superhero day. So Daryl Ryder, if you were a superhero, what superhero would you be? Spider Man. I'm Peter Parker.
1: It's your go to? Yeah. I was so okay. a buddy of mine got married and and they did the uh, they did the groomsmen were superheroes and the bride bride and bridesmaids were you know uh, princesses right so I was I was Spider Man for the for the wedding. What
0: was the groom? Batman. Ah, uh, and the bride. Cinderella. Cinderella. There you go. Where else are you going to get logic like this or wisdom? <laughs> or the forethought for your wedding to dress up as a superhero. No one tells you better than Daryl Ryder. So Daryl, that's it. I, I wore my Spider-Man costume, tights too, underers. Oh, they they were tight.
1: Um okay. And then what I did was I wore the dress slacks over the over the tights. Very let me just put this very uncomfortable. Uh, but then I just wore a suit jacket so you could see the the chest area was the the Spider-Man suit.
0: He started off as Iron Man, he ends as Spider-Man. That's how we'll do it on this edition of It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin for our amazing producer, Meredith Kane. Thanks for hopping on in. We'll be back with another podcast later this week. It's Always Game Day in Cleveland.